go yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high high 360 degrees, high high 306, 306, 360 degrees, high high Good evening and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written and produced and broadcasting live from Huchin occupied alone territory that was colonized and known today as the Bay Area. On tonight's show, Kay and I will let you eavesdrop on some of our most recent conversations. This particular episode was inspired by the popular daytime TV shows The View and The Real. So this is our version of The Real View. You will hear our perspectives on multiple hot topics tonight, including a review of the new film Queen and Slim, the rapper T.I. and his daughter's annual virginity checks, the N-word, and our thoughts on life after death. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts, Shanice and KC. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to Full Circle. I'm your co-host this evening. Before we get into our show tonight, we want to give a big shout out to all that supported our KPFA Holiday Fun Drive. We know we can't do what we do without the full support from you, our listeners. And if you didn't get a chance to donate, please take the time to head to kpfa.org and make a secure donation online. Many of the thank you gifts are on our website and still available to you. Take a look and take your pick. Again, thank you all for your support. So, as mentioned in the intro, we'll discuss some of the latest topics that we found the most compelling. A lot of our programming here on Full Circle deal with heavy-hitting topics discussed in a very formal manner. However, tonight, we're going to switch it up a bit and invite you to listen in on some of our behind-the-scenes conversations. You'll quickly notice that it is a lot less formal. So, Shanice and I met almost a year and a half ago and became fast friends through lots of conversation during our shifts at the station and thought it would be fun to record some of those conversations and turn them into a show. So recently we met up outside of the station and over snacks and glasses of wine, (laughs) a few, we recorded ourselves. It was a beast to edit because we talked a lot (laughs) and we even had to cut a segment which was microaggressions in the workplace. But perhaps that will be a future show. But we got tonight's show down to bite-sized segments and hope that you enjoy. So our first discussion was in response to the rapper Clifford Harris, also known as T.I. T.I. was recently a guest on the podcast Ladies Like Us, hosted by Nazanin. There you go. Shout out to her, Mandy and Nadia Moham. On the podcast, T.I. revealed that he takes annual trips to the gynecologist with his now 18-year-old daughter, Deja Harris, to make sure she's still a virgin. T.I., what you know about that? What? Nothing, apparently. We'll play that clip for you first, and our reaction to the story will follow. I heard about what girls who say they virgins have what they do. You guys have contingencies. What's that? (laughs) Like what? There are contingencies and alternative routes. Oh, Lord. So have you had the sex talk with your daughters? Have I? We go... (laughs) Which, by the way, your daughters are so beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. So, um, so I'm sure I mean, you have her hands full. And, like, yeah, that one's 18, so she definitely knows oh, about sex. Oh, and this is Wait, it's Deja, right? She's 18, yes, right? Deja's yes, Deja's 18, just graduated high school now, and she's uh, attending her first year of 
of college, mm-hmm. figuring it out for herself. Uh, and yes, not only have we had the conversation, <laughs> oh. we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her height. Oh, you okay. <laughs> done with you right now. So, you know, uh, do you birthday go with her? Yes, yes, I go with her. Somebody check on Deja. I go with her. She's a prisoner. Girl. So let me tell you, right, so so this is one time oh, we no. go, I think this might have been after her 16th birthday, and this is what we do, like, you know, right after the birthday, we celebrate. And, we go and check know, her hymen after. And then, <laughs> You know, usually like the day after the party, she's enjoying her gifts. I put a sticky note on the dope. Guy no. Tomorrow, 930. This is great. <laughs> and so so look, right? So we'll go. You know what I mean? We'll go and and uh we'll sit down. We'll sit down and then the doctor will come and talk. And you know, the doctor's maintaining a high level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. He's like, Well, you know, sir, I have to, you know, in order for me to share information, I say, Deja, they want you to sign this. <laughs> They want you to sign this right now. I need to know if your hymen's still there. So we can uh, (laughs) share information. Do you have anything? Is there anything that you would not want me to know? Oh, okay. See, Doc, ain't no problem. You are the worst. And so so then, right, then they come and say, okay, uh, well, I I just want you to know that there are other ways besides sex that the hymen can be broken. Right. Like, Bike riding, uh-huh. really? Athletics, horseback riding. That's aggressive. Uh, <laughs> that is aggressive and, riding. You know, just right. other other forms of, of athletic physical activity. Is she an athlete? Can no. Oh, so, <laughs> there you so go. I say, You're like, sorry, Doc. That's not a look, possibility. Doc, I say, look, Doc. <laughs> She's not. She don't ride no horses. She don't ride no bike. She don't play no sports, man. Just check the hymen, please. <laughs> And give me back my results. Oh, dear. Expeditiously. No. Expeditiously. <laughs> but I will, you know, I will say as of her 18th birthday, her hymen is still in. Uh, okay. So, what did you think about the TI situation with his 18 year old daughter taking her to the gynecologist every year to make sure that her hymen has not been removed to show that she is still a virgin? So when I first heard this story, without hearing him speak on it, I was livid. I was really pissed off. Mm. As a woman, how dare he police her body, one. Two, how dare you make it seem like sex is a shameful thing. And three, you can parent, but you don't have to be controlling. You can only tell a person something. You can educate them, but you can't make them do anything, and you shouldn't force anybody to do anything by shame. I was already annoyed with T.I. I had already considered him a misogynist, and already... He... he, I think I know know what episode you're talking about. Yes, and I was already grossed out by him, so when I heard that, I just really, really was done with (laughs) T.I. I I was like, somebody needs to really sit him down and educate him on what it's like to grow up female and be a woman in this world. And a black woman at that. Right! And right. being over-sexualized like, and right. things like that. And people trying to control our body then trying to sexualize us. And I think the issue also was that you felt okay to say this in public. 
Like, now you've said this, now people are going to her Instagram. Right. Grown men. Right. You know inviting. Inviting people, one, to go look at her picture that an 18-year-old girl, two, having the conversation now about her virginity, her hymen, and things like that, and she's 18. Like, you thought it was okay to put her business out in the street like that, and that's just not, that's not good. Right. Like, that's that's, that's really private. Yeah, it's very, it's very and private. And you don't know what lies she didn't told. Maybe she'd have been like, yeah, I'm, I've been popping it. <laughs> You know, and now they can call her out and be like, "Girl, you still a virgin?" But <laughs> it's just like putting her business out in the street. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't That's do not that. okay. No, that's not okay. My sister said that he like kind of applauds his boys for like going out there and losing their virginity, but you want to protect your daughter. Yeah, and it's like I just had a real problem with that. How we not the contradictions, but the um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Double standards that we have when we raise our sons and our daughters. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's baffling. Yeah. So and I I have a problem with like as for women in the society, how our virginity and our virtue is like tied to that. Like we're good if we're virgins. Like our worth is higher or whatever if we're a virgin. It's like we're why are we doing why are we still doing that in twenty twenty? Why? I was listening to some podcasts where it's like, who are who are these men having sex with? If we're all these women out here are supposed to be virgins right. and stuff like that, how did that make sense? Right. So we're setting this society up where it actually doesn't add up. Right. We're congratulating, like you said, our boys for having sexual partners and doing this as early as possible, et cetera, et cetera. But then we're shaming our women for having sex and things like that. So who are these boys having sex with? Right. Like it doesn't make sense. And so I had that problem because I feel like Yes, I think T.I. is misogynistic. Yes, I think he definitely, like, feeds into the patriarchy. And I think it's very wrong what he did to his daughter. But, yeah, I just have this problem with, like, you are continuing this this idea that a woman is only good and worthy if she's a virgin. And that she needs to be waiting for the right partner or for marriage or whatever it is. And it's like, no, that's not... That's not a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. Well, it's been, that's how I was grew, grew up, though, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of black women grew up with this idea of you have to maintain your uh, purity for your for your husband. And I grew up like that, believing that BS for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that SHIT does not, it's like, what does it, nothing. Yeah. It's not even a big deal. Yeah, it just shames you, really. It just shames it you. And it's like nothing bad. to be shameful for because you're a human being and you have, you have desires, mm-hmm. you have, you have needs. And it's just like you there it's like devalued when it comes from a woman. Like a woman is not supposed to have needs or desires or anything exactly. like that. They're not a sexual being and we are sexual beings. And people's sexuality look different. It's just it's just uh, it's just it, it just <laughs> pisses me off because it's kind of personal to me. Yeah. It pisses me off. I don't like it. No, and I think it one goes back to the whole Christianity thing and how Christians or religion teaches this and continues the stereotype for women, but also goes back to kind of what you said, that words mean things. And I think I'll listen to the Amanda Seals podcast, and she's an actress and an author and a comedian. And she was saying how even, like you said, language means things. So the whole giving or losing your virginity or giving it away should be gone. There's no giving, and I'm not giving you anything, and I'm not taking anything. It's me. I think she said it should be called your sexual debut. Like, oh, just, I like had, that. Yeah, she said it. It's just like, it should just be called something like that, like my sexual experience or my sexual, sexual debut. Sexual experience. Yeah, I like that. That's what it is. It's not because when you put those words like, oh, I lost my virginity. So you lost, you lost to your a man. Yeah, I lost my worthiness to a man or he took it or whatever. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. It's something just an you shared yeah. with another person. Exactly. It's a shared experience with another person. A sexual shared experience consensually with another person. That's all it well, is. Well, you are sharing your body. You're sharing it yeah. for that moment. Exactly. He's sharing it. I'm sharing it. Right. There shouldn't be any weight on what I'm giving or getting or taking away. It just or, is. It just is. It just is. 
Exactly. I'm just having sex. Right. And we we put all these this this pressure upon mm-hmm. it and it like it's, it's kind of like it's not even for us. It's either to make babies or to please the man. Right. So it's not even that our parents are talking to us about like as a woman I think my friend was saying she was like women need to understand that you should be having an orgasm if you don't have an orgasm Thank you. you're, what are you doing what, right. are you, what are you doing you shouldn't be doing anything because you're not getting that pleasure that you should be getting so but we're not taught that we're just taught like as long as he has an orgasm as long right. as someone gets pregnant the deed is done the it's, pleasure is for exactly. to please your man right no you need pleasure too exactly and let's talk about the foreplay no, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are educated uh, on sex Okay. Because and they would can. just, huh? Educated. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the the the. I'm not the the expert on this. But sometimes men think that women can just go from zero to a hundred real quick, like them. We had need time to open up for you and to um, lubricate for you <laughs> to make this ex- this pleasurable for both of us. Right. Because I think that sometimes men forget about some men, not all. Forget about the needs of the woman. One hundred, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's just like they're so, they're so, ex- whatever, just want to g- get it on and over with that they forget about. There's you're dealing with a human being, and then my body takes time to warm up. Yeah. So I can't just go on to have a casual conversation with you, and then you're just ready to no. It's not going to open up for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. And I think they think, well, I was satisfied, so she was satisfied. And that's not how this works. No. Or I just have to do this. Or I'm not fine. in the mood. You have to get me there. Right. It takes work. It's like work on both partners to get to this point. It's conversation, right? Some people have to coach and teach, and you have to tell people what you like, what you don't like. But with all of that, you have to make it a comfortable position, make people feel comfortable talking about it. A lot of women aren't even talk- comfortable either masturbating, they're not comfortable with their own body, they're not comfortable figuring out what they like, they're not comfortable telling someone what they like because of how we're socialized and like we're not supposed to really be getting pleasure from this. So I think it's sad. T.I. might have thought it was funny or like cute to say whatever he said, but it's like you don't even know what you're really contributing to. This larger picture of like women's virginity and this whole virtuous thing and our worth is tied to that, that's what you're contributing to with your daughter by checking her hymen Mm -hmm. every year Mm -hmm. to make sure she's still a virgin. She deserves privacy. She's a human being. And no, you can only educate her. You can't force her to do anything. That's not right. 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 As a human existing on this planet, that's that's an invasion of privacy. So the women and men who are saying, like, I wish my parents did that. He's oh. a good parent. You can't control a per- another person and say, well, I'm just parenting you. No, you can only talk to them and educate them. You can't force anybody to do anything. That's, that's forcing. That's not parenting. Mm-hmm. To me. I agree. I don't think that's parenting. And for the people who, because there were Or healthy parenting. Maybe they can call it parenting, but it's not what I would view as healthy parenting. Right. Right. Because you're not giving your child autonomy. Right. And you're not. Right. I think we look at children like they're property. That's another human being. They come from you, but you don't own these Mm. these people. They're people. Yeah. You don't own them. They're part of you, but they're not you. Right. You can only tell them. So yeah, that that really angered me. <laughs> I could tell. No, I was disgusted. I was just disgusted because I feel like Ti, whether he was trying to clear it up or not, he has a problem with women. Oh, he feels like he can control women. He feels like um, I do feel like he thinks he's better than mm-hmm. has the upper hand mm-hmm. on um, women. I don't feel like he treats them right. I don't. I don't think he treats them with respect in any regard. And feels like he can do whatever he wants. And granted, he probably is doing whatever he wants. So it's probably validating and confirming what he thinks. But 
I feel like T.I. is saying, that's great that you went on the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith and try to clear up what you were saying, but at the end of the day, it wasn't right. It's not okay. And it's not like you apologize or, like, really step back and was like, you know what, this is misogynistic. This isn't something I should be doing. In my opinion, how he views women, it just seems like he sees them as accessories and not powerful, self-governing women who contribute to society. It's just he just sees them as just disposable. Yeah. And, and like and like property. Mm-hmm. It's like you do it's like you're here to serve me. You're not an you're not an individual. You don't have your own desires and go you're not like a human being. You're like three fifths of a person. That's how it seems. Yeah. yeah. So we're back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA ninety four point one FM. I'm your sh- I'm your co-host Shanice this evening here in the studio with my co-host KC and that was our conversation discussing T.I. and his questionable parenting tactics with his 18-year-old daughter Deja Harris. But moving right along, we'll discuss the incident in Walmart between Trina, an African-American rapper from Miami, and a random white woman in a Walmart who called her the N-word. We'll play the clip of Trina discussing the incident on TMZ and following that will be our responses. No, it was shocking to me, too. I was totally um, baffled and confused. I, I, this has never happened to me. I was totally, like, thrown off. And that wasn't what happened. I didn't bump into her in the store. I actually was in the store shopping. And I, I was walking in and out. I was just shopping. This lady was way across in a kid's section, like, shopping with clothes. And she was just crying. She was boo-boo crying. And I just looked over and was like, oh, hi, are you okay? And she looked up like a demon, demonic, very evil, satanic witch and she was like get away from me you nigger bitch and i looked i was like i was a little like confused a bit and then i i walked away and then i turned around like wait a minute and i looked at the guys that were stocking up like the racks and i was like did you see what she said and the guy was like did i think she said what i think she said and i was like yeah and i turned around i was like whoa 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 and so i kept on moving around and there was so many people coming up like yo this is so crazy we heard her we heard her as i got ready to walk towards the register i saw her again walking just strolling through the aisle nothing in her basket and as i got to the register my friend said you owe my friend an apology and that's when she just looked around acting belligerent like why are you guys asking me anything i don't know what you're talking about and i said say it again you called me a nigger and i am a nigger one that will whoop your i think this is crazy like if it i don't know how i would react because i sometimes i have seen people crying and depending on what type of mood i'm in i might approach them like hey you good you know i don't need to know you just like hey are you okay and so if i feel like i went out my way to check granted you you can ignore me that's fine or you can say you know i'm fine or whatever but if you then look up and call me a nigger we're gonna have I one. Well, I think I will be in shock first. Like, whoa! I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be nice to you. I think I'd be in shock. So I don't know how to react. But I think I don't even know. That's just that's extreme. That's wild. Yeah, it's extreme. That's like, real aggressive for no <laughs> for no reason. For no <laughs> reason. And I'm like, this lady has some deep hatred or racism for you to look up. For and you to get think, out your sadness, to jump into your racism. To jump into your racism, to, to look up and think like, oh, the person who asked me if I'm okay is black? Oh, no. You're mm. a deeply disturbed You're individual. deeply disturbed. <laughs> deeply. And from what I knew, know, Trina did not call the police on this lady for uh, racial slurs. She just let it go. Cause she was like, call the police? For what? What are you going to do? I can handle it. Okay, so, okay. So, previously, like, before two weeks ago, (laughs) before a month ago, I probably would, there would have been, so, 
I have turned over a new leaf within the last month, I'd say. I'm really trying to be in charge of my how I feel and in my mood. So I'm not going to say somebody made me do this or made me feel this. No, because I'm always trying to maintain peace in my spirit. So if she would have called me a nigger today, and I'm trying to offer you comfort and support from human to human, or I assume you're human because you jumped out of your human skin when you did that. <laughs> you jumped, you, you stepped out of your humanity when you did, when you responded that way. But if I'm trying to comfort, offer you love and comfort from one human to another, and you respond by calling me out of my name, something that I am not, today, I probably would have just laughed at you and just walked off. And I probably would have just laughed and just and just left. I probably would have said a little snide comment because I just I'm not all the way converted just yet. <laughs> but I, then I would just I would just laugh because that word does not hurt me personally personally because I don't identify myself as that word. I don't see myself as a nigger. I see myself as a queen. Yeah. I do. I see myself having descended from royalty. So that word does not apply to me or any of my people. So you're the one that really fits that description. You're acting like that. Whatever a nigger is to you, that's you. <laughs> so I'm laughing. That doesn't hurt me because I don't believe it for myself. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably would have just said something back and laughed at you to the point where you felt uncomfortable, and then I would have left in my peace. Right. <laughs> because you can't disturb me. Because one, I don't care about you enough for you to. I don't care about you. You're right. Who are you? And so, <laughs> and so, but then prior to a month ago, <laughs> still growing, I still wouldn't have cared. It still would have been the same. I, but I probably would have mouthed off. Mm-hmm. A little more. A little more. Yeah. I would have let her have it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I still would have laughed. And then I would have left. Right. I'm not about to fight you for what? No, I'm definitely not putting my hands on you. I'm not putting my hands on you. You're not hurting me that bad. You right. didn't assault my You didn't assault my body. You didn't touch my family. And see, that's when I would have jumped out of my skin. Yeah. You said something to my niece or nephew or something like that, then you probably would have got your head <laughs> torn straight off. I'm so serious. I'm not straight converted just yet. <laughs> Yo, that's fair. But if it was just me, then I'm just laughing and walking away. Yeah. Say a little snide comment. But if it's my family, honey... We would have still been at Walmart today. <laughs> would have been tearing you limb from limb. Like, okay, okay. new from Sinu, girls. I just think it's crazy because I, I always say when I hear these stories, like, white people and people, non-black people, please come up with something new. Like, y'all still doing the same stuff. Calling people niggers. I'm going to hang you. <laughs> My God, we're not in 1960 no more. It's 2020. Come up with something different. Like, it's, be creative. Be creative, please. Like, put your imagination to work. So, to me, it is kind of funny because, like, okay, that's the best you got. That is. Bigger. Like, like no. the 1800s stuff. It's like, come on, lady. So, I think it's very unfortunate that, like, people are, like you said, like, you are you jumped out of your, your sadness <laughs> to get into your racism. Like, that's how just upset and hurt and pain, like, that you have that you would do that. I think that's sad. Um, I think Trina, her friend, respond accordingly because if anyone knows Trina I think she easily could have put her hands on somebody and it could have been a fight but I think she was like you know what I have too much to lose here right right who this white lady I don't know who she is but Trina is actually a famous person who has money and things like that so she can't just be out here fighting people um and yeah it doesn't really solve anything you know what I'm saying like like you said laughing and walking away or would have felt better you beat her ass <laughs> you would have felt good <laughs> 
Yeah. Sometimes it does go good. If you didn't go to jail afterwards. Right, if you, you just beat her ass and went home without any consequences, you would have felt good. Oh, yeah. It would have been perfect. <laughs> it's the consequence part where you're like, ugh, was that worth it? <laughs> no. Without consequences, it's worth it. With right. consequences, it's not. But what I think is funny is that she didn't, like that. there's really no reason to call the police, but the fact of the matter is that white people call the police on us doing barbecues. So right. it wouldn't have been too much out of line for you to call the police for her calling you a nigger. But it's like, we don't even do that. We don't, that's we, not, that's for not what? Embo. Like, we're just what? like, go, go home. Go home. We're not even going to call the police on you. That, that waste their time. That. My time, I got to wait for them. I don't care that much, girl. Right. So I'm like, oh, look at us black people, always being the bigger person. Always. And do we get the credit that we just want to go carry on and be about our lives and be left hell alone? Yeah, yeah. Leave us alone. Leave us the hell alone yeah. and let it, we're just trying to live. Right. We're not even trying to be on some, let me just uh, get on some retribution tip. Right. We're not even trying to do that. If anything, she's just trying to check up on you. <laughs> but I'm just saying in general as a yeah. people, like yeah. all the things that we have been through, still go through, we're not trying to go out here and just like mess up y'all lives. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to live. We yeah. ain't even trying to get payback. Right. We're just trying to live. We're not even really begging for reparations. Reparations. We're just trying to live and y'all won't let us freaking do it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but the, the friend was kind of out of line to me. Not what, out of line, but just like... Yes. Why? Okay, first, if that came out of her mouth, do you think she really is apologetic? No. 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 So you should have, first of all, checked her while you were right there. You're going to go think about it and say, hey, you want me an apology? What is that fake apology going to do for you for Nothing. Real? Nothing. So just either checked her right when it happened mm-hmm. or just shut up. Yeah. If you see her in the register, she don't need Now you want to see her at the register and you don't mind her an apology. You could have kept that lady because yeah. that don't make no sense. Right. Because you're right. There's nothing that lady could have said that would have made that it better. That would have made it better. So, because she don't even, she don't think she owe you an apology. She felt like she was in a right. She don't even see you as a human, mm. which cracks me up. It cracks me up. They always want to question our humanity, and we <laughs> y'all don't never be in y'all humanity. <laughs> I just don't get it. You over here because the humanity actually was her checking up on you. Mm. while you're crying. That's right. That's, that's a right. humane quality. And for you not to see that, where was yours? Yeah, that's sad. I, I I think that's sad. And for it to happen, you know, Florida, Florida is notorious for these these racial incidents and just crazy stuff that happened in Florida. So I was just like, man. And for Trina, you know, because basically it doesn't matter. You're famous. You're wealthy. You're, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. All black people can get it. We, all, we are all put in one lump sum. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. I'm KC here in the studio co-hosting this evening with Shanice. And that was us discussing the recent incident between the African-American uh, rap artist Trina and her encounter with a racist white woman in a Walmart. And we've been yapping nonstop, <laughs> so we'll give you a bit of a reprieve. Here is Solange Knowles with Almeida from her latest album, When I Get Home. Do nothing without Brown face, black skin, 
Circle on KPFA 94.1. I'm your co-host Shanice, and we just finished listening to Almeida by the one and only Solange Knowles. You can find that song on the soundtrack of the new movie Queen and Slim. But before we get into that, let's talk about life after death. What made you want to talk about this, Casey? I'm just very interested in what people think will happen when they die. So I wanted to talk about it. Shanice, I think you came up with a very interesting theory. So let's listen. What's this life after death stuff? I'm trying to figure out what I believe, and I don't currently believe in anything absolutely i'm just open to the possibility i'm like okay that's possible there's no way for me to prove it yay or nay so Mm -hmm. i'm like it's just possible so you don't have any concrete of like what happens after you die i do believe loosely that there is an afterlife and it looks like we have because i feel like we're only here a short time i don't think if we've had never had any experience before we don't have like a a a guidebook on how to live this life how are we going to get it right in one life Mm. in a hundred years Or less. It's like, okay, I learned from this life what I I gleaned, whatever I'm supposed to glean from this life. I'll take it into my next life until we just move on, move on, move on into the next level. Mm, Like a video game. Not necessarily a video game. It's just like more into like Nirvana. Yes. Okay. It's just like you enlighten it. Is it like you come back as a butterfly or you still come back as a human? See, I don't know. I would prefer to come back as a human, but I, I don't know. Maybe we do come back as, as different things. I don't know exactly what happens life after death, but my thought is, is that we die and then we all have, like I always say, when things come up that we can't explain, a child dies, slavery, the Holocaust, things that were like, why did this happen? I'm like, my my answer is always like, we'll ask God, whoever God is, woman, whoever, black, man, whatever, we'll ask them at the end of days. And the end of days <laughs> is like the, the end of all days. So when I say the end of days, it's like there's no more days after. So there's no more existence? 
Well, there's no more existence. Yeah, the end of days. On Earth or? On Earth, like. Okay, on Earth. So, and because I like brunch, I feel like God will have us at brunch. So what I think of, and this is what I tell people, I literally, I, if I have children, this is probably what I tell them. At the end of day brunch, that's what it's called. We all sit around. God is there, whatever God looks like. I don't even put too much thought into what God looks like. It could be a light that's sitting there. But at the end of the day's brunch, we all have time. I mean, time is infinite, so we're not sitting here like, oh, because there's going to be millions of people there. We all have time to ask questions. And my questions are going to be like, you know, what was up with slavery? What was, that, what was the point of that? What was up with the Holocaust? Why did so-and-so die? That's when you ask all the questions. Mm-hmm. And God gives you all the answers. And then we're like, ah. You're going to be sitting at that brunch for, like, many years. We have nothing else to do. <laughs> and time, to me, won't be what time is today. So True. maybe it feels like five minutes. Maybe it feels like whatever. I think that's so I always say, like, when something comes up, I'm like, I'll just ask God at the end of the day's brunch, like, why this happened? And then we get all the answers that we never had. I, I, I understand that people who are spiritual have faith, and we don't need the answer. I need the answers. So to me, this is my my reality. What's on the menu? Whew, everything that everyone loves. I don't know. Some people might not love brunch, but you're going to be there. Okay, you'll figure it out. You'll get a chicken sandwich or something. And so that's my one theory. And then I have another theory. of They five. eat animals in heaven? Oh, I don't know what they're eating. <laughs> Again, see, I don't put too much thought into it, so we're not eating talking. animals. No, Sorry, I got it. You're right, because I think people, I think that's why when I say this to people who are really religious, they're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it's because you're putting too much thought into it. People will think like that. So so what are we eating? And it's kind of like, who knows? We might be eating tak tak. What's tak tak? <laughs> right. It's like food. Right. right. We don't even know what it is. <laughs> we don't know what it is. So you got to have to like expand your mind to something right. that's like beyond what you're reading. We just so reading. like fit in a box. Like if it's anything outside of that box or these, these set of beliefs that we all said that we are going to believe in anything out of that is just like blasphemy for some blasphemy. people to me it's almost like everybody's heaven is going to be their reality so my heaven might have dogs walking and talking to oh kind of like that movie with robin williams kind of yeah you know and what so, i'm talking about what dreams may come yes yeah and kind of like you see what you kind of want to see and you're just enjoying it and then it's just maybe that. that's what we're doing right now this could be all a simulation for all we know oh and i also believe that i sometimes i'd be thinking that i'm like I this think could that be a too, simulation sometimes. it's just like this could be a simulation <laughs> It's just like, none of this makes sense. Like, how did we get here? Like, I think about this all the time. I'm just like, so how is this all possible? Right. (laughs) Like, it still, it just still baffles me. Like, you can grow another human just off of some fluid, Mm -hmm. and then they can come out, and you have a whole living, thinking being. And they... It's so... I still cannot get over that. That's crazy to me. I do. How is this possible? It's not. And I also think that I feel like there are different dimensions in the universe happening at the Mm. same time. I do definitely believe in other dimensions. I say that because I've seen it. Yes. Should I tell this story again? I think you should. I love this story. I still think about this story. I think about this story all the time. That's why I always... I just already know there's more than we say is true. Yes. There's so much more to this world. And it's like... we. I don't think our minds can go past it. I think some people scan, like yours, definitely, mine a little bit. There are other people who probably can go past yours. And there are some people who can't. Their mind just cannot. Just so conditioned to believe what they've they've been told is the absolute truth. Exactly. And it's just like, this is all there is. And I know that there isn't. Yes. There's so much more. How do you know this? Even Even like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's saying like, we don't even know what we don't know because things are constantly changing and we don't even have access to it anymore to even study it. Study That's it. Fair. So it's just like, man, this world is amazing. And it's like, we don't even have limits on us, but we limit ourselves. Like, we can do anything, really. We are powerful beings. Like, we, we just, what stops us is us because mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah. We don't know our power. Yeah, and we don't believe Do I sound power. crazy? No, I'm, no, I'm, cause I'm I, dead serious. Because I think serious. we can do. I mean, a lot of people 
we sell ourselves these these stories about who we are or what's we even be, possible or what's possible and we don't go past that and maybe it's a kind of like a check and balances thing because if we all reach our potential we'd be supernatural then that's what it is it would be but people yeah they just don't believe they just don't believe the power that they have within themselves and as human beings the power that we have so yeah I believe or that. we always export our power to something outside of ourselves it's just fascinating know. to think about like there's so many possibilities so what many. is the absolute truth I don't know I don't think any of us knows well, we just hear People think that they know, yeah. and that is the first mistake, because then you can't learn anything if you think you know everything. Exactly. But anyway, at the time, I was living at home, and this is before I moved to Michigan, and I was questioning my faith. This is when I was deeply into my Christian beliefs. And so, at the time, I I thought it was maybe an angel. So, I couldn't sleep that night. I was I was mad at God, per usual at that time. <laughs> this per usual, y'all, this is the new slang. So I couldn't sleep that night, and um, I was up. I really wanted to go to sleep. I wasn't tired. I was kind of propped up on the bed, like propped up on my, what is this, an elbow? (laughs) We're drinking wine, guys. (laughs) And um, I was about to reach for the remote to turn the TV on because I couldn't sleep. So I was like, I can just at least watch something. And so um, before I had even got a chance to do that, there was like this opening before me and it was like a circle and it was maybe the size of a little bigger than a grapefruit okay and i'm looking inside and it was a man with curly hair he had suspenders he was sitting at a desk and like the furniture looked like it was from maybe another century i mean it was all familiar looking stuff it wasn't like some something i've never seen before it was like maybe early 1800 type stuff that's how it looked okay and then um like victorian age yeah you know i don't know the ages (laughs) just say stuff (laughs) so he had a lamp and he had like a fountain pen or whatever and he was just kind of like writing what I assumed to be a journal he never looked at me and he's this is right before me like an opening like a circle right before me and I'm like I get I kind of sit up and I'm like looking I'm blinking like am I seeing what I'm seeing and then as I start blinking it just gets smaller and smaller until it was gone Where, had you taken any drugs? N- no Weed, never this like is that. before I ever experimented with anything and, you, were and you I, drinking that night? I'd never it? drink this is a I never even had a sip of alcohol uh, then I didn't drink do you think? I, I love sick that's about it <laughs> okay so this was just you <laughs> that's me my natural sober yes. state and then this is to, to, to make to let you know that it wasn't just me. My sister saw something else that night. So I don't know if it was like some kind of field or like opened up, like some kind of something. Do you remember what that night was like? Was it like full moon? Was Hell it, no. This is what I didn't catch. Was it like I don't know. Friday? Or I would not remember. Okay. But I just know that my sister, I said, Vanessa, if I tell you something, will you get scared? And she was like, what? I was like, what? She was like, I was like, I seen something like that last night. And she's like, I did too. And then she told me, I told her what I saw and she told me what she saw. And so she saw what people traditionally call like the Grim Reaper look with the hood and the, he didn't have a staff, not a staff. What is the hook thing that the, yeah, the Grim Reaper like, has? It's not a staff, but it's, it, but it's a, like a stick with a hook. Hook. Yeah, yeah whatever that is. What is that? <laughs> Grim Reaper calls it. The Grim know. Reaper uh, the equipment. Anyway, so. And so um, she said she saw that, like, coming, like, not out of my room, but by the heater. And then it came, like, in her doorway. 
and she was like had the covers pulled up to her chin just like watching it like what is going on and she said he came in, into her room and she had her closet door sliding closet door open and he went by her closet and then just kind of floated by her closet and then and he just disappeared and then I was like, so the same night you same saw same exact guy. night that I saw into like what I call another dimension. That is so like you think I'm bored of the story. I love this story. I, I, I just because it just amazes me. And I've since I've heard this story, I I've been looking for. I think my about other this dimension. like almost every single day because I'm like, what was it? And guess when you can ask it at the end of day's brunch. <laughs> And it wasn't a hallucination, people. I don't hallucinate. Yeah. That was the only time I ever saw anything no that delusions. was not a part of this world that I know of. I mean, as far as I know, Shanice could be from another planet. And <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Like that. We could all be in a simulation. I don't Who know. Knows? This could all be a simulation. We can be just like in the Matrix, just sitting on the chair to like <laughs> connect it. <laughs> okay. Going back to the mm-hmm. Christianity thing. Yeah. I know there's something spiritual about this world, too. Like, because of... Even at the time my beliefs were based in Christianity, I had gone on this fast where I was like not watching TV, I was not eating anything, just drinking, and I was just quieting down my life because I wanted to hear from God. And I was just only reading like this spiritual book. I was like opening the refrigerator and I was kind of talking to God and I was just like, God, I know that if I just knew that you were good, then I could just really, I can just keep going down this path with you. So I was just like, if I knew that you were good and that you loved me, then I can keep doing this. And so then I was just casually said that in my head. I wasn't even like really saying it like, oh, just like what heck of fervor. I just was opening the refrigerator up. But this is what I was saying in my, like my head. This is why I was my prayer. Mm-hmm. And so then when I went back into the room, I was reading my spiritual book and I was in my bed and then it said something like, it answered my question. Whatever I was reading, I said, and I am good and I love you and I don't know. And I'm like, what the? Mm. I just, and then I swear, there was like a physical presence in my room where I could feel it. And it felt, it was beautiful. So you do, from so from that you believe in... That's, that's why I don't know what it was now. I don't know if it was Jesus. I, don't, I wouldn't say it was Jesus because... I just it was something yeah. something that it wasn't was something. evil yeah. that was in my room saying hey I got your back and if I didn't I didn't want it to go away I was like stay with me forever yeah. <laughs> if you can stay forever I would be good yeah. I wouldn't need anything like the feeling that I had it was so blissful yeah. I was like if you stay with me forever I don't need anything so do you think food, people who are water? religious would say that that was Jesus of that course because at the time was... that's what I thought it was Yeah, but it, well, whatever it was it was a loving in, at the time I thought it was Jesus gotcha. but I don't my belief systems since have changed. since changed gotcha. I, I just say it was a loving entity yeah and I was and I know that there's something more than the physical because that was real yeah the whole being, because I feel like I'm more spiritual definitely than religious. Like, I'm just not an organized religious person. I think there's just too many rules and too many. I think a lot of religion is still steeped in misogyny and patriarchy and things like that. So I, it's very hard mm-hmm. for me to subscribe to it. Oh, have you had any experiences with, like, seeing ghosts or anything? Like, ghosts, what people call ghosts? Not. No, I feel like it's No supernatural not. experience. No. <sighs> it's coming tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I haven't, which makes me really sad because it makes me feel like I'm not really connected to my spiritual self. Because, right, I should be, I feel like if anyone, I'm so open-minded, I'm not seeing nothing. I'm not Nothing, Shanice, no, you had to, like, f- see something, something. I, my sister says she's had a time where she's gotten a message from someone on the other side. Tell me that right. story. I, I don't know much of it, but I just know a friend from high school that she was kind of close to, not super close, but knew her. Um, I think that friend's boyfriend passed away. 
and my sister didn't know that the the guy had passed away because he she wasn't friends with this girl like that. They they went to high school together and they knew each other on Facebook. This guy came to my sister in a dream, told her some stuff about this girl, and then my sister felt the need to reach out to this girl. Hey, I know we don't talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, the last time we talked was in high school, and my sister is 33. But this recently happened. This happened like a few years ago. And she oh, I thought it like, happened in high school. Okay. No, no. It didn't and she didn't know were, the guy died. No, because she didn't, she didn't know the girl like that. Like, she knew her, but not like that. Um, so, she, yeah, she didn't know this guy. She didn't know the girl had a boyfriend who died. She didn't know that. So, she had reached out to her on Facebook. No, this is after wait, high Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Trying to understand. Mm-hmm. So, the boy went to high school with her, too? I don't know. I don't think so. I, the girl, so the some, girl went to high school with her. She knew the girl. So she didn't even know this man that it came to her in a dream. Right. Oh my she god. Just okay. Knew it was connected to this to this girl. But yeah. And, and so it was mm-hmm. after high school, after college. My sister's dating, like living in. They're older. They don't speak like that. So she had this dream. This guy came to her saying, "Hey, tell this girl this stuff." So she hits her up on Facebook like, "Hey, this is freaking weird. I know you're gonna think I'm stupid. I know you're probably gonna ignore this, but." She felt so compelled. Yeah. She was like, this is what he said. And this is, you know, he said, move on. Be happy and stuff. And whatever he told her, it was just some personal stuff, too. And the girl was like, no one knows that except him. That so just literally gave me chills. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. She said they were talking on the phone and they both started crying. The girl started crying because she was I didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like That's I haven't real. Been real. And so something like that That's concrete real. had never happened. That just makes me, that makes me happy. Yeah, I believe in life after death. I believe in all of that. Something's going on, guys. I'm here yeah. for it. I definitely believe in recycled souls. We we come back. Hey, y'all, we're back. Just in case you just tuned in and are listening, you're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. Myself, Shanice, and co-host KC are giving you a real view on several hot topics. We just gave you our thoughts on what we believe will happen after we die. So hopefully that got you thinking about your eventual mortality and what you hope happens to you. Hopefully I'll see you at the end of day brunch. But let's get back to a lighter subject. Casey, you seen the new movie, Queen and Slim? I did see it. And let me give some background information for the listeners that haven't seen it. Also, a forewarning, there will be some spoilers in this review, so please be advised. Okay, so Queen and Slim was directed by none other than black queen Melina Masukis, the same woman who directed Beyonce's Formation music video. And it was written by another black queen and Emmy winner, Lena Waithe. Whoop, whoop. And a quick summary of the movie. So, a guy and girl. It should be noted that they are African-American. They meet on Tinder and then in person at a local diner. The date doesn't go well. However, during the drive home, they get pulled over by an overly aggressive European-American cop. The scene quickly escalates and the cop shoots the female passenger in the leg and attempts to shoot the male passenger. However, somehow the officer loses his gun and the male passenger in self-defense picks up the officer's gun and fatally shoots the officer in the chest. They immediately flee the scene and go on the run together in hopes of reaching Cuba and escaping penalty in an unjust legal system. I just saw the movie, and that was a great summary. So my question is, a lot of critics and reviewers say that this is kind of like a modern-day black version of Bonnie and Clyde. Did you think that when you saw the film? Well, I've never seen Bonnie and Clyde, so I'd compare it more to Thelma and Louise. In that movie, Louise shoots and kills a man that tries to rape her, and in fear of the legal system, she and her friend Thelma tell it out of town on a quest to freedom and a new life in Mexico, which is a very similar story to Queen and Slim. In addition, none of the characters actually make it to their destinations, but they find splices of joy and adventure on their journey and continue to explore life along the way, which, as an aside comparison to existing while black in America. As black people, we face danger every time we leave our homes. 
We're not even safe in our homes. Not with race warriors trained and ready to extinguish black lives at the drop of a dime. And this is not some new phenomenon. White people have been killing black people and celebrating our deaths for over 400 years. Book recommendation, people. White Rage, written by Emory University professor Carol Anderson. And as a black people, we are keenly aware of the constant dangers we face as a group. But it is very important that we still create joyful lives for ourselves. As we live and fight for change, it's important not to get consumed by fear and make decisions out of the same. We don't always have to play it safe and serve obedience to those who have the mistaken impression that they have authority over us. But stand tall, defiant, and proud, and continue to make life an exploration, and continue to be joyful and unafraid in the face of constant danger. Okay, but what did you think? Did you think it was a modern-day version of Bonnie and Clyde? I definitely did not, because with Bonnie and Clyde, they were actually going out robbing banks and, you know, purposely doing these crimes versus this movie it was by accident it was in self-defense so to me it was more of a slave narrative a modern day slave narrative because if you see in slavery times we were going from the south to the north for freedom but in this it was more backwards it was there started in Ohio but they were going to Cuba so they're going from the north to the south for freedom also in this movie you see a lot of people helping them along the way whether they're giving them money giving them transportation helping them hide from the police kind of like the Underground Railroad with slaves where people would actually hide them until they move to their next stop. So you see that a lot in the movie. And just like slaves who got married, they celebrated things, they had sex and had children, they still enjoyed their lives while they're trying to survive. It was the same thing with Queen and Slim. The entire movie, you can tell that they're literally in survival mode, but they take every opportunity they can to still enjoy their lives. So they're still going dancing, they're still having sex, they're riding horses, they're still enjoying the scenery on the ride. I think that's beautiful. And so to me, it was more of like a modern day slave narrative so what did you make of that scene with the young black boy who went to the protest and ended up killing that black cop i was completely taken aback at this point in the movie i was still conflicted about whether or not i even liked the movie a lot of the beginning elements weren't very cohesive for me and that was before i knew who was behind the film so the pacing felt a bit off and certain excuse me aspects were kind of outlandish to me and so when we got to the scene where the boy who seemed reasonable and stable beforehand shot the black cop who was just trying to keep him safe was confusing. I was like, boy, you don't recognize your own people? He was trying to protect you, not harm you. But then I thought about it more, and I think the point they were trying to make was that sometimes in your rage, if you're not equipped to manage such strong emotions, it can overtake you in your ability to see and think clearly. And I think the boy was so enraged, he was unable to distinguish a good cop from a bad cop and felt that the organization as a whole was a lost cause and completely corrupt and that it was his duty to clean house thoroughly through uh, violent means. But even so, it still seems so far-fetched to me. What you, What do you think? Well, I think what you're saying is true. I think that he had a hard time being a young boy trying to figure out who's a good cop, who's a bad cop, what do I do with this? But I also believe that when there's war, when it's a time to take action, the younger generation is always going to be angrier. They're always going to be more prone to violence and they're always more prone to take action because they're not about that talking stuff. 
we're about to take action. Older generations are more about protest. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Younger generations are like, nah, we don't have time for that. And so I think that scene was like this young boy coming into this, feeling already hyped up about what was going on, seeing Queen and Slim on the run. Those were his idols. Those were his heroes. And like, no, we're going to take action. And so I also think before that scene, when he met Queen and Slim before that protest, he was talking a lot about his immortality and like just Mm -hmm. creating this legacy. And to him, it was like black people don't have a legacy or anything until you die, until you give your life for Mm. a cause. And so for him, I think that was his way of being immortal. It's like, I'm going to give my life for this cause. And so that scene to me was, like you said, it kind of showed like when things like this happen, all hell breaks loose. But at the end of the day, the younger generation, they're going to take action regardless. It's no, you're a black cop or a white cop. You're on, it's black and white. You on our side or you not. And if you're not, get out the way. That's it. That's a really good point. So a huge theme in this film was this thought about leaving a legacy, like you were saying. Why do you think Lena Waithe wanted to um, wanted this theme to stand out during the movie? So to me, if you watch the movie, you'll see they talk about legacy a lot. They'll talk about like when they take a photo, what's the point of a photo to keep a legacy, to show that they were here. And I think as black Americans, we are so easily forgotten. We're killed in the streets. And yeah, sometimes we're on the news. Yeah, we're protests. Maybe our names come about. Our names only come about when we're killed. And that's only certain names. People, black people are killed every single day. And so what Slim was saying was that your legacy really lives within people that loves you, in your family, in your friends. And so I think she kept bringing up this legacy part because even as slaves a lot of slaves were killed we don't even know their names a lot of ple- black people have done so much for our history in America and we don't even know who they are and the only people that really know who they are are the people in the African American community and even we don't even know how much we've done and given to the community or to this society so our legacy really only stands with people that love us and so mm-hmm. I think she wanted to bring that point out of like yeah as black Americans how do you want your legacy to look like what does it look like and who does it matter to and it might not matter to white Americans. It might not matter to non-black Americans, but it matters to us. Right. And that's what matters. Girl, you're making some good points. <laughs> <laughs> so if that scenario happened today where a black couple killed a white cop in self-defense and went on the run, how do you think the black community would respond? I would hope we would come together. I would hope we would hide these people and there would be no question about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would hope we wouldn't even care about what society thinks or what other people think. And forget the law. Laws are meant to be broken when it's a time of war. So to me, I would hope we would do that. But I think they did a good job in the movie to show that as black people, we're not a monolith. So some black people agreed with Queen and Slam and some did not. And so I think that would happen today. Some will agree and some will not. And so that the people who did not probably will call the police on us. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <clears throat> Here I go with my diatribe. But uh, <laughs> I don't... I think that initially we'd be fired up and supportive of the fugitives, but people have a short attention span. And before long, I think folks will start to get bored and ready for the next outrage without ever actually having to get involved in any real action beyond an Instagram post. Mm, It's like in a couple generations, we've forgotten or never really learned or appreciated just how hard fought our rights and freedoms came. Mm. We seem to have dismissed without honor our ancestors who came before us, who suffered and died so that we may um, live more abundantly. We take all of this progress for granted as it's the only way of life we've known and yet we still have so much further to go. But again, we've become so self-satisfied and protective of our personal goals and ambitions that we've grown quiet and complacent. Yep. With the sentiment, as long as I make it to hell with everybody else. Mm -mm. (laughs) Today is all about 
to, to me, it seems like it's all about personal ambition and personal success. And it's all completely disheartening because I want to be able to believe that we would rally behind one another and support because right is right and wrong is wrong. And we all should be on the side of right and be willing to stick out our necks for our our sisters and brothers for a better future for ourselves and for the coming generations. But, you know, folks ain't trying to stir the waters. They are not going to risk whatever they have going on in their personal lives for a stranger. But if we truly recognize one another as brothers and sisters, none would be a stranger. Mm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, preach, girl. So last question about the moving. We know that in the end, Queen and Slim died by being shot by the cops. Did you agree with the ending or did you want them to make it to Cuba? I definitely wanted them to make it to Cuba and almost believe they would. However, I have no critique or judgment for the writer here. It was a creative liberty that had no weight on my opinion of the film as a whole. But artistically speaking, I will say that them making it safely to Cuba and try- and thriving would have just been a personal success story. And I think the movie was meant to inspire action and the martyrdom of their deaths. It seemed to be a catalyst for real action in the community. So, yeah, I guess the ending that the writer chose was more powerful, but it would have been nice to see them win because they were so close and been through so much. But what about you? What do you think about the ending? Um, so quickly, I'll just summarize it. I, Of course, I wanted them to make it to Cuba, but honestly, not really, because I don't think we need to be running to Cuba. I wanted them to take them cops out. They, I did not okay. want the cops to take them out. I wanted them to take the cops out and we start a civil war because that's where it's going. Riz right. So that's what I would have liked to see. Um, but, you know, that was our review. I really enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening. This brings us to the end of tonight's show. Tune in to Full Circle next week for our Tubac tribute show by Radio Shack and That Boy Media. Big thanks to our executive director, Miss M, um, our technical director, Frank Sterling, our board op, Hannah, who did a fabulous job, Theodora on Tech Assist tonight. And just a reminder that we are taking applications for our apprenticeship program. If you want to give your real view, apply to be an apprentice. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for all the donations we received. We have been your hosts this evening, KC and Shanice. Up next, La Onda Bajita. Stay tuned.